Welcome to Boz to the Future. Uh, this is a podcast that I started uh, because so often when we get into conversations in public, we go really broad about technology, about its impacts. And uh, what, I, what I find in my job, at least, what I enjoy the most and what is the most productive is going really deep, taking a small number of concepts and really exploring the implications of them at tremendous depth. Um, and that's what we're trying to do on on the Boz to the Future podcast. And I am thrilled today to be joined by Rocco Basilico, the Chief Wearables Officer and the Head of Luxury House Brands at Essilor Luxottica. A little more explanation may be required. Essilor Luxottica is the uh, biggest and best manufacturer in the world of, of uh, frames, sunglasses and prescription frames and otherwise, as well as the, the lenses uh, in the case of Essilor there. Uh, and so it's a huge deal, actually, to have this, you know, to have this uh, major global brand based uh, headquartered in Italy uh, that is increasingly relevant. You know, it's a, it's a brand that's been around a long time. It has a series of brands that have been around a long time, but are increasing their relevance in today's society, um, which is which is kind of fascinating. And fashion is one of the major things I want to pick Rocco's brain about today. This is all unscripted. Uh, it's all We're making this up as we go. Uh, so you're getting a very real, fresh conversation. Uh, Rocco, one thing I've been doing is allowing people to introduce themselves because I'm, one, maybe terrible at it, and two, everyone can go read Wikipedia. Rocco, in your words, what should the average person who's listening to this, which I imagine is, I don't know, uh, some millennial American, that's who I like to imagine I'm talking to, what do they need to know about you to feel like you feel like they understand where you're coming from. Yes. Uh, let's start to say thanks for having me, Boz. I mean, uh, uh, we have been over uh, than, than a year working together on, the, on this project uh, and uh, we, are, we are preparing for this launch. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we are finally almost there. And uh, I've been working in Luxottica for all my career. Uh, it's been 10 years. I see the company changed a lot. Uh, and, you know, like, and Luxottica, as you said, Essilor uh, Luxottica is a complex company. And uh, we manufacture eyewear and we are fully vertically integrated, but we do also lenses. And uh, for people that don't know, as you said, Essilor Luxottica is the uh, parent company of Ray-Ban and many other brands, Oakley, Oliver Peoples, which I happen to manage as well. Uh, <laughs> the CEO CEO of Oliver Peoples, yeah, that's right. <laughs> on the side, the CEO of Oliver Peoples, uh, which is a brand that I love, and uh, you know, like it's, and I, I'm I live out here in LA, and uh, it's been actually six years that I moved in LA to LA. And it's been amazing for me and I love the city. And before LA, I actually lived a couple of years in Hong Kong, which I was selling uh, all, uh, all the eyewear in uh, all the brands in the Luxottica mm. portfolio uh, as a sales account. So, you know, it's been a beautiful journey for me. Like I'm very passionate about fashion in general. And, um, and also technology. And, uh, you know, like I'm so lucky because uh, I feel that this project, it's a great intersection between technology and fashion. And uh, I had the pleasure to work with you on this project, which is the perfect intersection between uh, the two. 
and uh, when they really meet, you know, it's basically Ray-Ban yeah. meeting Facebook, uh, which is a, it's a, I think it's a beautiful partnership. Uh, and uh, I will see like even in the future more uh, uh, fashion company, you know, like partnering up with a tech company. And I see this is already a trend in wearables technology, but I really see that, you know, like somehow the two worlds, the two dif- even if they're two different industries, they need each other. So like, that's why uh, I think it's important what we are doing here today. I couldn't agree more. Let me clue the listener in a little bit on Ray-Ban Stories, uh, which is a product mm-hmm. that, yeah, we've been working on together for a couple of years now, um, which is uh, a pair of smart glasses. They are Ray-Ban Wayfarers. I mean, they're a teaspoon of salt heavier, but in terms of how they look, how they feel, uh, it's an entire collection of eyewear that Ray-Ban is offering, but it has this layer of technology. It's got a, it's got two cameras uh, you can use from the point of view of your face, which turns out to be a very compelling uh, kind of place for storytelling. It's got um, audio, so you can listen to music, you can listen to podcasts. It's got microphones, you can do voice calls with Messenger, with WhatsApp, with your phone. Um, so it really is... And you, I'm going to steal this line from you, Rocco. It's a pair of, of beautiful Ray-Bans with superpowers. Um, and coming in at $299, you're really an incremental $100 over what you'd be paying for Ray-Bans without all these extra features. It's a product we're really proud of. But you, you talked about something that I want to dig in on, especially because I think fashion is such an interesting point. And I really agree with your point that the future of technology is more intertwined with fashion, not less intertwined with it. Um, and... When, you, when we've seen fashion brands get involved to date, what we usually see is a technology comes to exist and we try to dress it up with fashion. We try to, we try to maybe, you know, make it look a little nicer with fashion. We took a very different approach in this project. Uh, you know, from that very first meeting that we had in Agordo for four days, we started with the design. Um, we started with, okay, here is the iconic Wayfarer design here's where we can add a millimeter here. You know, your team, your team was really had a, had a very deep sense of what was going to be comfortable for people on their face. I'm kind of curious for you, uh, talk about, cause for you, it's fashion and it's function you know, SLR Luxottica isn't just in the business of making people look good. That's a big part of it, but these are also sunglasses. These are also corrective lenses. Um, how do you see technology playing into the future of that core work of SLR Luxottica? We are a company that always like, you know, has been innovating for like many, many years since we, we started. And, uh, I give you an mm-hmm. example that uh, maybe, you know, like, um, that is not really, really related to technology, but gives you a sense of what can be innovation. Uh, Luxottica signed his first fashion, um, fashion agreement with George Armani in the eighties. And I think it was like a turning point because we kind of invented uh, uh, fashion eyewear. Was fashion eyewear was like a medical yeah. uh, device, and you know, like through the the through George Armani, that was the first license. And one, uh, it was a very successful collaboration and partnership. Uh, we changed the whole industry, and uh, with our founder Leonardo Del Vecchio, that this genius idea, uh, you know, like we started like a new category and I hope that you know is exactly what we are doing here with the uh, Raven stories like it's 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 the beginning of a new category in 
in uh, and uh, for the first time we are really approaching smart glasses in the in the right way uh we we ask ourselves uh, you know like we as you said we didn't try you know to to fit a bunch of features uh, technology features camera speaker microphones which we have in, in the frame but you know we started with the design so like a sleek form factor and we say what we can add to that uh, and and you know like make the eyewear and the design still look good stylish and comfortable so um you know like and for me and then at the end of the day making beautiful and functional product and and sharing uh, uh, them with people everywhere this is what i'm i'm excited about and this is like honestly uh my vision uh for the for the next 10 20 years Rocco, talk to me about Ray-Ban's values uh, in your history. Yeah. You know, you talked about the history of innovation, which I loved. Talk to me about this, the ethos and the values that Ray-Ban brings to any product that you work on with Ray-Ban. You know, of course, Ray-Ban is recognizable and it was part of pop culture for decades. You know, it was in the face of the major icons from the past. But, you know, like, I think it's important to understand where Ray-Ban started. Ray-Ban started, uh, you know, like basically in 1929 with the US military that, you know, they needed mm. like frames to protect the pilots. And, uh, mm. you know, like, and uh, basically we trade, they start trademark anti-glare lenses. Uh, and that for, the first model was the Aviator, which became iconic in movies like Top Gun, you know, like, and, you know, like, and many. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, we started because there was a need uh, for the pilot, you know, to overcome uh, the glare. Uh, and so we came out with the anti-glare lenses and the aviator. And, you know, after that, you know, like the other uh, famous frame was uh, the Wayfarer, which was, is, is also like part of the collection of Ray-Ban stories. You know, like, and I remember, you know, like celebrities, uh, uh, like Audrey Hepburn uh, to, and James Dean wearing them in movies. And and, and they be really became uh, uh, a symbol of self-expression and, uh, and personal style. And I can go on and on, you know, but I mean, Madonna, for example, is, she was wearing uh, Ray-Ban all the time, even at night. And um, again, it's it's a symbol of authenticity, and you know, like we are talking about icons, you know, like and uh, that's why you, even in Ray-Ban, from we talk about when we talk about product, we, we refer uh, to the Wayfarer, uh, the Aviator, the Meteor, the Round as icons because they have been yeah. wearing from icons from the past, but also they helped uh, the icons from the past to express uh, really uh, themselves, and uh, you know. And, uh, you know, but, you know, like this is a history also of, uh, of innovation and uh, it's a beautiful brand history, I think. Uh, I know in, in the 2000, we launched uh, Ray-Ban Optical, which was a genius move because, you know, Ray-Ban, the perception is like, okay, it's, it's a sun brand, but, you know, like, like one third of our business is actually optical and we just launched yeah, this totally. in, in, in like uh, in 12 years ago. 11 years ago so it like in it's one third of the business so like you know yeah, amazing we these are the things that you know like 
I think uh, even after 84 years, uh, it still feel that we are at the beginning of our journey. And uh, But I do think uh, that this is really an important milestone on uh, what's coming next. And I believe that, you know, like, uh, Rayban stories w- will be like a new icon. I love this perspective that you're sharing, Rocco. Actually, this is this touches on a theme that comes up a lot on the podcast where um, we as a society, we integrate technologies so completely, we forget that at one point they were breakthroughs. Like, you know, anti-glare coating on uh, sunglass is, if, you, if you've ever seen um, sunglasses that don't have an anti-glare coating, they're unusable. Uh, the early you know, prototypes that we had of Ray-Ban stories didn't have the anti-glare coating. And I wore one just around my house and my wife was like, what is wrong with your glasses? These are technologies that we integrate so completely that we forget that they're even there, but they're constant. Um, and, and so, yeah, today, Ray-Ban stories is such a, uh, a novel product. But yeah, I think you're right. I think in 10 years, it'll be like, yeah, of course, <laughs> why don't your glasses take pictures? Like, that's just weird. Um, it really has that opportunity to kind of turn the corner on that uh, and and move things forward. Um, you know, you and I both share a longevity at our companies, yet your career has been uh, at Luxottica. My career has been at Facebook. Um, I do think one thing that I was really impressed with, you know, yeah, Ray-Ban has this ethos of purposeful creativity. You had a very consistent vision in your head from early on in these product discussions um, and uh, around this being a a product that would allow people to feel physically present with their surroundings, but still be kind of creative and still be somebody who could uh, connect and share that moment Um, from early on. What are the use cases that you're most excited about? What are the things that you think are going to be so cool that people are going to do with this product that was just hard before? For me, this was the, the, the vision we had at the beginning was like this idea and uh, of living in the moment, be present, uh, you know, because ultimately, like, live, if you live in the moment uh, and, uh, you know, like, if you live the, the now, the today, as you want to call it, uh, you're happier. Raven Stories, for example, gives you the opportunity to uh, enjoy a concert without holding a phone up on your face. And, uh, you know, like, you can still enjoy the experience of, like, going to a concert or like uh, enjoying live music in general and a recording experience and share it with your closest friends or like with everybody later on. So it doesn't take away from your experience. And the other beautiful things uh, is like this perspective uh, that comes directly from your eyes. What you see is what you get. Like, and this is like uh, so organic and beautiful. I'm obsessed uh, with sunset yeah <laughs> you know i live in la so like we get very nice weather like all, all year around but you know like there is like one point where i always stop like with the with my car usually i get off the car or with my bike i get off the bike and then i take uh, the picture of uh, uh the malibu pier uh from from this hill and i do it i do it basically at least two three times a week so I have a lot of like picture of sunset and you're like, and this is like a perfect example of like, now I don't need, I can, you know, like, let's say I'm biking, I can use uh, 
the Facebook assistant, hey Facebook, take a picture. And uh, I, I, of course, uh, I slow down while I'm biking, but I basically don't stop. And I have the same experience uh, without, you know, um, with, with the phone in my pocket. So like, and uh, I must say, you know, the, the quality of the picture is like, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, like uh, high quality. And uh, besides that is really what I see, which makes it way more special, I think, and unique. Yeah, this is, this is an area where I think people underestimate the, the design influence that you, Rocco, personally had and Luxottica had didn't stop at the, at the frames. You know, you guys were involved in the experience that the, the pictures uh, gave as well. You know, the richness, the vibrancy of the colors, um, you know, those, those are all elements of the designed experience that we're presenting to people with this product. You know, it's funny, I, uh, for the people who are listening, I didn't necessarily intend this to be um, a conversation about this one product specifically, and, and we'll transition to some more fashion-related topics uh, forward-looking towards the metaverse. But I actually think this product is a good example. Consider the conversation we just had where um, the, the path to augmented reality, for example, which is important both to SLO Exotica in the sense that you're augmenting human vision, which is what frames have been doing for a long time, optical has been doing for a long time, um, Augmented reality, this, these glasses aren't augmented reality glasses. They don't have any screen in them. They do have audio, so you have some feedback, um, and they are smart glasses. They have capability, but they are very much... Uh, so from the technology perspective, they're not augmented reality. Uh, and they're important from a privacy and regulatory standpoint on the path there. But from a standpoint of what the use case is, they're very consistent with what augmented reality is about, about stopping the case where you have to either choose to be physically present or take your phone out. So often right now we have that choice. We can either be present or we can take our phone out. We take our phone out, we're doing that. Um, these glasses let you do both. You know, you can use the camera, you can use the audio, you can talk to people just like you would if you had your phone out, except you don't have your phone out and you're not precluded from just being present in the moment. And so it's funny, I do think, I get it. People say, oh, it's not augmented reality. They're absolutely right. And we're not saying that it is, but it is very squarely on the path from a standpoint of use cases. Um, and, and I think that's, it's easy to miss that. Uh, and hopefully people do miss it because frankly, most people shouldn't be worried about that most of the time. They should just be taking great pictures. In my case, a lot of times it's with my kids. Uh, you know, if you, if I take my phone out, I would miss the moment. And if I did get my phone out in time, I'd be watching a great moment through my phone, which is weird. Um, but, but, um, what we've also found Rocco, and we've talked about this before is, um, the point of view of an eye level camera that's right next to somebody's uh, eye. It's, it's strangely compelling. It, you know, it, it really has a richness to it, a storytelling richness to it that uh, a camera that's handheld. Um, and I'm a, you know, for those who follow me on Instagram, I'm a, I'm a camera fanatic. Uh, I have a huge collection of cameras and lenses. I love the character of these, not just the color and the shape, as you point out, Rocco, but also the perspective is really quite compelling. No, I think, you know, again, the perspective that it's, 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 it's something that unique, uh, unique and you, you need to experience the product to really understand it. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, and also like, I think, you know, it's important that you, you know, I think fashion, uh, you know, to go back a little bit on fashion uh, is, uh, uh, you know, fashion is the most uh, popular form of self-expression. And, uh, but eyewear, I think they're mo the most visible. 
So like, you know, going back on the, on this aspect mm-hmm. of designing something that people want to wear up to 12 hours a day was really like a key, the key element of the project. But in general, like, in like, I think more in general, like beyond eyewear, I would like, you know, like to wear something, uh, that, you know, gives me like an added value, you know, besides, okay, covering my yeah. eyes yeah, or, right. uh, protecting my eyes or, uh, you know, like even you're like, I don't know, covering my body. That's why I think, you know, like we're going to see more interaction between fashion and technology because people want more from like a, a piece of clothing or like uh, an eyewear. Uh, and eyewear, they do pretty amazing thing because at the end of the day, you know, like we take that for granted, but like uh, they correct your vision. Yeah. And if you, without eyewear, okay, you have content lens, la la la. But my point is like, they change your life already uh, in a very meaningful way. But, you know, I do believe that that could be um, in any, you know, in anything that you can wear, it's almost like you can add something at one point. Like a piece of technology will help uh, you to live a better life. That's a little bit the vision of that uh, uh, my vision of what I think is going to be the future in the next 10, 20 years. People getting used to wear more technology everywhere. Let's move. Uh, we've had a great discussion of, of Ray-Ban stories. I, I hope uh, the people listening, uh, you know, I hope you do get a chance to check it out and, and maybe even consider buying one. But I hope you appreciate the, the thoughtfulness that goes behind these kinds of crossovers. Uh, you know, two companies ostensibly as different as Luxottica, Essilor Luxottica and Facebook came together with a really shared vision. And I think it's because we're paying attention to these trends that already exist. And you've referenced them several times, the coming together of fashion and technology. Moving beyond even eyewear, thinking about fashion really broadly now, you know, talk to me about why do you think those trends are inevitable? Why do you think it's inevitable? Is it just the value add? Like you just said, you know, why do technology and fashion have to come together? Because I think uh, consumers, uh, you know, like with the, with the, the adoption of wearables, they understand uh, that they can get more uh, from uh, a watch or like from uh, a pair of eyewear or like mm-hmm. from a ring or for like a, a pair of shoes. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, like they, they see, yep. but you know, if we create a real value, if, you know, like uh, with uh, this exercise, uh, the combination between tech uh, tech companies and fashion company, we create value for the consumers. Then I think, uh, you know, this will trigger more adoption. And this is like, you know, I think ultimately like the, like the, it's basically like a speed up uh, uh, path uh, for uh, uh, wearables, uh, uh, adoption of wearables technology. And, uh, but I do think, you know, like whatever enhance and gives you like a little bit of superpowers is is good for you. Whatever helps, uh, yeah. and you know, like my my needs could be different than yours, you know, like, but you know, like, and, uh, and that's why it's, you know, like I think it's important not to mm-hmm. have the approach one fits them all, even in eyewear, <laughs> because you know, like everybody's different. So like, and uh, if fashion will adapt with technology, to the real benefit of like giving the real vision of giving the consumer something that they really want and they announce even like at the beginning maybe will be, will be very small announcement to their life 
but I, I believe uh, in like during you know with the progression of technology uh, the, the enhancement could be really huge and the leap forward they can be really meaningful and they can change people's life for the better. Sometimes these integrations are gimmicky um, or they're trying to cover a weakness. Like, you know, a device comes out that's maybe a cool technology, but it's even with all the fashion in the world, you can't actually, you know, bridge the chasm between what the technology is and what people want to look like or present themselves. But when it's not gimmicky, when it's natural, it really is, it's just, it's just very capitalist. It's just very like, hey, consumers are extremely demanding. And they want more and better things uh, and they want them sooner. So basically, like technology is actually getting small enough. It's getting good enough that it can finally cross over into the realm that fashion commands. Whereas before this, it was always kind of a stretch. I feel like one thing I, I'm, I'm, I really want to ask, uh, which Ray-Ban stories do you go for? Which style? I'm, I go for I have original and I have it in the blue gloss. That's my that's been my go to frame. What's what is which uh which frames have been using from this from the collection? I mean, uh, uh, I love the Wayfarer, like you know, it's an obvious one. Yep. I love the shiny, which is like the classic with the G15. The G15 is like the most iconic lens, uh, Ray-Ban lenses, and yeah. lens, and it's green. Uh, it's like dark green, and uh, this is like my favorite frame. It's like. The frame that you know uh, is Tom Cruise is, is using, like in risky business. Uh, so like uh, <laughs> you know, like nice. yeah, and uh, you know, like it's just a classic, and you know, like uh, and people like you know in the industry, like in the fashion industry, but also like in the movie industry, and even icons from the past, uh, from Muhammad Ali to Mick Jagger uh, and Rihanna to. Um, Audrey Hepburn, everybody was using this frame. So like, uh, I really like the Wayfarer. It's my favorite frame, and uh, and yeah, like and uh, you know, like I use you know, like and also like I have also like another pair of uh, uh, Wayfarer with uh, their blue because blue is also my favorite color, and uh, I use them with the transition lens, uh, which basically goes from nice, clear yeah. to dark. Uh, and it's an add-on to like let's say the normal uh, um the normal lens uh, but it's good because you can wear them like indoor outdoor uh, without changing uh it's very convenient particularly if uh, uh, you're using totally. uh, ray-ban stories for phone calls for podcasts but i love that you know like we have uh, we are giving to everybody the, like enough choice to choose exactly what they want the reason I bring that question up, uh, both it's fun. I, I actually was kind of I'm truly curious. It's a good point about the the classics. I hadn't thought about that. Um, the The reason I bring this up is I do think the tech industry, my industry, often misunderstands fashion, um, and and it's been really f such a delight to work with you, Rocco, because I think as you said in the intro, you're very passionate about it. You're very knowledgeable about it. You know, fashion is doing a job. It's doing something that people care about. They they care how they look. They care about how they express themselves. And it's ironic that Facebook, you know, Instagram, you know, the companies that I work with, we kind of miss it sometimes. We are in the self-expression business. And so we do think about self-expression. We think of it in terms of the content people create. But that's not, you know, that's not the half of it. Uh, often the way we express ourselves is literally in how we present ourselves. Um, and so I was kind of, yeah, one of the major jobs that fashion does is help people express themselves. Uh, I wanted to push you on this one. We haven't talked about this before. 
you've you've seen me in the public we've been talking about uh, Mark and I have been talking about the metaverse a lot. Do you do you see a role for fashion in all digital spaces, in entirely digital spaces? Yes, I think it's going to be key. Uh, it's it's going to be a key role because uh, uh, this is where I think tech companies will need fashion companies because uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's the only way to you know create adoption and also giving consumer. Uh, uh, choice and, and freedom because, uh, uh fashion again, I said it again, but you know, is, is a way to express yourself. So like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's important that, you know, like, uh, tech company understand that, and we, that, you know, like, you know, sometimes, okay, we, you have like part- things that, that you wear on, on your body, particularly on your face, change the way that you look. And fashion, you know, like mm. that's why fashion is so key in this transition to um, this new internet that we were talking about. Uh, because I think you want to get people comfortable and also giving people the choice, you know, not the illusion of choice, mm-hmm. but the choice of like, you know, uh, getting what they want and, uh, and feeling good in what they wear. I'm also so excited to give um, the, you know, the really brilliant minds of fashion, uh, you know, whether it be SL Exotica, Gucci, whoever, uh, digital canvases are so rich, you know, they're not like, you know, shirts have certain parameters, like they, they have to fit within a certain mold, whereas the digital canvas is unbound, uh, you know, patterns and motion and light and sound, um, you know, th- there's a real, as a canvas, the digital world is really rich relative to the physical world, where, of course, fashion is already very rich, but the digital world is, is so, so big. I'm excited to see what people do with it, kind of. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I think you're going to see a mix of traditional fashion houses succeeding and quite a few new ones that come up uh, that are just doing things that no one's ever thought of before. Uh, that's one of the things that I am, that bringing that level of rich expression to the metaverse is one of the things that we're really excited about. All right, we are we're, we're, we're bringing this to a close, Rocco. I've got a, racket, a couple rapid-fire questions for you. I know that you like to read every day. What are you reading right now? I mean, uh, I was, you know, like, we we are all busy launching this. Uh, I'm reading a little bit less less than, you know, <laughs> we used to read, I must admit. But, you know, like, what I'm reading right now is a book that I always, you know, like, reading uh, at least a couple of times a year, which is... Uh, uh, meditation from Marcos Aurelius, and you know it just keeps me giving me like that mm-hmm. tranquility and uh, I'm calm. And uh, when I'm reading it, uh, I I'm like I love uh, 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 Roman history, and uh, Marcos Aurelius was one of the last mm-hmm. uh, uh, good emperor. And you know, like and uh, you know, and uh, there is mm-hmm. a lot in uh, the project that we are doing that you know. Like living, he's always like, you know, saying that we need to live the moment, seize the day, uh, you know, and uh, you're like, and we lean also to acceptance, the now and, and this very moment uh, and, and not mm. not really focus on external events, uh, but only things that you can control. So like, I'm very, you know, like, I'm reading this again because it helps me to stay you know, like, uh, focus on the target and, uh, do my job, uh, mm. better. But, you know, like, uh, I, yeah, I love it. And I think it's also like, 
a little bit, you know, like there is a little of Marcos Aurelius even in Rayban stories that put it that way. No, I I love that. Uh, it's it's funny. I think the the uh, I'll be looking forward to listening to this podcast later on. You and I are in the middle of a huge blitz around Ray Ban stories. We're recording this podcast, but we're also yeah. We just spent the whole morning together doing interviews with uh, outfits in London. Uh, sorry, in, in Italy. I did London yesterday. We did some California outfits today. We did some last week. It has been a, a whirlwind for us getting this product out the door. Um, let me give you. I'm going to give you one more question like that. I know you, you've talked all the time about how important music is to Ray-Ban. What are you listening to on your Ray-Ban stories? What, what music do you have going on the stories? So like, I'm like, you know, like a fan of Bob Dylan, all the classic uh, rock and like, of course, Rolling Stone, the Beatles. But li- uh, recently, you know, like I was, uh, I was actually, you know, testing uh, the audio and I've been, I basically listened to the, <laughs> the last uh Kanye West album, yeah, Donda. So the whole album, Donda, on on, on my in, in my car, and I found it like honestly very interesting the, the experience I had because at one point I needed to, you know, I stopped at a gas station. I was wearing Ray-Ban. I was actually listening at, at the the album in my car, and you know, like immediately when I step out of the car my glasses connected to the album so that was like a seamless uh, yeah. uh, you know the music never stopped and so, I, yeah. I, I i think the album was uh, was good and, and, and it was it was very long so like a, it was a long car <laughs> drive uh, but i think it was interesting and uh, you know like i love uh, i love uh, i love music in general raven in general is like you know, it's all about music and uh, yeah, you know, totally. We are like uh, we have been part of. Uh, we have also this platform that is called Raven Studio, which uh, we we help, let's say, new talents uh, um, in their career. And uh, um, so, like you know, Raven has always been uh, very attached to music. And uh, yes, uh, I kind of like that. At the end of the day, uh, the new Kanye uh, album, I think, was was interesting for sure. Yeah, I've been I've been hitting the new Drake album, so we're we're, we're taking the taking the new hip hop with us. Um, yeah. All right, we are out of time, Rocco. Thank you for joining me. Before you go, uh, should people follow you? Should they follow you on Instagram? Is that a thing that you want to have happen? If so, give give us the the tag. <laughs> no, yes, of course. Yeah, like uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Rocco Basilico, and on Facebook. And I recently, you know, added also my Twitter account which uh, I need to be more active, but you know, like for sure, like I'm, I'm quite active on on Instagram for sure. And, uh, this, and then, you know, like the, nor- I'm also like on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn as Rocco Basilico. And this is about it. It's my first podcast boss, boss. I hope yeah. that I did well. Rocco. And thanks for, uh, inviting me. And uh, it's a great opportunity for me and uh, for the project, but you know, it's been a, a beautiful journey with you so far. Well, thank you, Rocco. No, you did, you did great in your first ever podcast. Uh, and I got to tell you, yeah, with, with, um, with your accent, I think Rocco, you could, you could read the weather, <laughs> you could read the weather report and you'd find an audience for it. Um, <laughs> so uh, th- listen, everybody, thank you for listening to the Boz to the Future podcast. You can listen to it wherever you enjoy podcasts, though, if you're listening to it now, why do I need to say that? Uh, you can always leave me thoughts and feedback. I'm at Boz Tank on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can also find me facebook.com slash Boz on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time. <laughs>